0: And welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. And I'm Liz Gumpener. We're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com, And on today's episode of Spawned,
1: we're going to be talking about connecting with your tweens and teens. Ooh,
0: this is a tough one. And you know what? It's not just for you parents of tweens and teens. This is something we need to start talking about earlier and earlier. Amen. And then we'll finish up our show with our own cool picks of the week. All right, well, we're just gonna dive right in. Yeah. This is a
1: big topic. I know
0: you really wanted to talk about this. What's going on in your own life, Kristen? Well, you know, over
1: the last couple months, I was realizing that my tween, who is just gonna be turning 12 and is in full heavy duty. I can't even believe it. I have these pictures of her at two years old. I cannot believe it. She's gonna be 12 and she's awesome. We have a great relationship. She's a great kid. But I will say that I found that she would come home from school, head Mm -hmm. up to her room. She would be on her computer or drawing or reading or whatever, and I wouldn't see her until bedtime. Now, was this a slamming the door situation no. or just? <laughs> not yet. I'm sure it'll get there. No, you know what? I think that what I found is that, and I think you've probably found it too, is that their interests become so different, yeah. you know, as little kids. it's It's a bit easier for me to connect with like the Legos or, you know, the smaller problems that they might be having. But as they get older, the problems get bigger, they get different,
0: and their interests are well, very specific. Perfect. I remember when we both started blogging and we were talking about, oh, toddlers. Oh, life is so awful. <laughs> oh, <and> this- <laughs> oh, ferberizing. What should I do? Parenting is so hard. So and all the bloggers who had kids who were like 10 and 12 and 13 were like, oh, yeah, just wait till they're older. And, you know, we wanted to be like, shut up. Because <laughs> you <know>, <laughs> when, when you're dealing are. with toddler issues, like that is your whole world. And you think it can never get worse. Yeah. But it's not that it's worse, no. but they're very intense issues. And you really see the impact it will have on them, how you... Handle this yes. and how you open up communication lines, with right? Them so, for the rest Liz, of their lives. I'm
1: not here to scare you. <laughs> I think and and those people listening to it is actually going to be really empowering. I think and the challenge about this topic is that there's not a lot of people, like you just said, talking about this age online for good. I mean, I'm kind of glad because it means like parents aren't spilling their tweens and teens' business. Yeah, I think it's tough to write from
0: a first person standpoint Absolutely. about a 13 year old <laughs> and what she's going through versus, you know, something funny your toddler said. Suddenly they are actual people that can search their own names on Google and have their own lives and yeah. their friends may be even looking at your own social media feed. So, so there's That's a lot a of reasons point. not to write about your teens and tweens in the way that you might have written about them, even just like on Facebook for your friends yeah. when they were younger. So what I did was I did a little research. You, the data nerd would appreciate. <gasps> you data nerded I for me. I data nerded Aww. for you. And you know
1: what else, which I think, you know, why a lot of people listen to us me. Maybe is that I talked to a lot of been there, done that moms. So I talked to moms with teenagers and I said, I need your help. So I'm going to share all of that information and books and all that kind of stuff. But I know, Liz, you found some really interesting information about when puberty starts, because we all think.
0: 13 is the age, but guess what, folks? It I know. So. Well, this is the thing. First of all, this is why, I'm glad we're talking about this, not just for our listeners who have older kids, yes. but those who are just starting out because it does start earlier than you think in two ways. First of all, in the <laughs> whole, I blanked and my kid is 12 way. Yes, yes. Which <laughs> is really, traumatic. I'm like, shoot, how many years do I have left to save for college? <laughs> like it goes oh, dude, so fast. Dude, yes. Tell That's me about
1: it. That's a whole other scary yeah, topic. Is.
0: But also kids are growing up sooner and faster in a lot of ways, yes. which I know a lot of parents know when we mm-hmm. talk about that. So early onset puberty, which is also, it's called precocious puberty. Like, not kidding. <laughs> you can look that up in WebMD. I love That's a that real there's thing. a title for it. It happens for both boys and girls that puberty really is coming earlier mm-hmm. and earlier than it used to. And I see it. I mean, I see girls in my daughter's third grade class that are starting to develop. Yep. Sometimes it's girls who are, you know, have like a little bit more weight. Mm-hmm. But I can see like yep. the need for bras when yep. they're eight or nine years old. When I still remember when we were kids. No. If like an eleven year old had a bra, it was shot <laughs> like I can still name the three girls that had bras <laughs> in sixth grade if you're listening to mar and terry and debbie because i remember that was like a big oh deal God. that is so funny I that know. is hilarious and probably traumatizing for them so I, so maybe yeah. the good thing is that girls have more company in this
1: why is it so hard well for me it's so hard because I still see my oldest as my baby in a way, and I think you know puberty was so hard for us as adults that I think watching it happen from the outside to someone else yeah makes us it brings us all back again. It's like PTSD. It's like it is like a trigger. <laughs> Our kids' puberty in a way I think is a trigger for all the hard things. I mean, I was bullied when I was eleven and twelve. Wow. Yeah. I was a late bloomer. I use air quotes for that, and so oh, I keep telling my fun daughter. Of me, yeah. You know? I keep
0: saying to her like if you're anything like me, you won't need a bra until you're 16, but you'll get one at 14. So
1: (laughs) don't worry about it yet. (laughs) I mean, I, I was a ballet dancer, so I, you know, I didn't have all that stuff happening. And also I think for so many of us, I know this was not the case for you, but I know a lot of parents did not talk about anything with their kids. Mm. Like my mom really didn't say anything at all. It was all like a surprise. Like, Oh, "Oh, I had the opposite. (laughs) I know you did. Well, (laughs) anyone who knows my mom
0: knows she is like the uber first wave feminist. Yes. Do you know the third grade birthday party story? Uh, I do, but I don't think our audience okay, does. Okay, so where I grew up in Westchester, there was a tradition, like ha 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 tradition, that every birthday party, which is at this place called the Ground Round, where you could like watch movies and eat Wait, hot I'm dogs. The sure and... place called, of course, we know the Ground Round. Okay, man. well, I don't know. Maybe it's That's regional. It's like, East Coast. like yeah, yeah, and you could okay. like throw the peanut shells on the ground. So we would always go there. And then the joke was starting from like third or fourth grade, maybe that you would sneak into the bathroom with a quarter and you'd put it in the Kotex machine and you'd get one and you'd slip it under the table to the birthday girl. And she would be so embarrassed, even though you knew it was coming (laughs) because we did it to everyone. So leave it to my mom, feminist that she is, to say to my entire birthday (laughs) party of friends who still bring this up to this date as adults. They go, remember when your mom gave us tampons at your birthday party? (laughs) And that's exactly what happened. She said, why would you girls pay for it when we get them free at home? Oh, that's awesome. And so after... The birthday party, we went back to my house with all my like six or seven friends who were eight or nine and she passed out OB tampons and we all like opened them up in the bathroom and dunked them in water to see what would happen and flung <laughs> them around.
1: Okay, can it I was just horrifying. say your daughter just had her third birthday party and you were worried about goodie bags. I, I did not pass okay. out tampons. <laughs> I did not do this that. This might be a fail on your part, Liz. <laughs> so anyway,
0: I had the mom who was like embarrassingly okay. upfront about things and now looking back, I'm really glad Yeah, see,
1: I had nothing. I had nothing. And so I think having a tween and a teen brings up a lot of our own experiences yes. that are, were either positive or negative so there's that whole thing going on and then like I said before the interests are just so like divergent from like our own at yeah. least for me you know the music she listens to it,
0: it is well the, the access, I'm a cliche the access to music I mean for yes. us listening to music was like all sitting around the living room and getting out a record player or a DVD player depending how old you are and it was kind of this communal experience now it's kids putting on headphones, plugging in and listening to an MP3. Yeah. So I think even just the access they have to media is so different. So how
1: do you feel about, you know, all the the, the precocious puberty in terms of addressing it with your kids? Like, how do you tackle that topic?
0: Well, I think it's really important for parents to start young. Mm-hmm. And I remember I wrote a post when my daughter was about two called The Vagina Dialogues. <laughs> <laughs> so the Vagina Monologues. And that... I realized her sitter was referring to her Lady Bits as, or as Rosie Pope said, her Queen Vic, (laughs) was referring to it as um, her Petunia. I'm
1: sorry. Exactly. I know.
0: And I decided that's not cool. Like, I want my kids to know the proper names for things. And so we had a talk and, and I had to get over Saying vagina, like right. that was really hard for me. Yeah,
1: well, that's the thing. I think we're so uncomfortable. We, I think we are raised, especially in this country, and that's a whole other topic. But we are raised to be uncomfortable, especially yeah. women. Yes, you know, like, and we giggle. We say penis, and it's funny, and then no one wants to say vagina. But so wait,
0: penis is a funny word. It you is. Gotta, gotta admit, when you call someone like a penis, that's hilarious. <laughs> especially as like an adjective, penis head, penis breath. I know, whatever. But Hilarious. the Hilarious.
1: And then, then people get so uncomfortable with it. And I think that by starting young. Yeah. And you know what? My therapist, hat tip to the therapist, says all the time, fake it until you make it. And yeah. so if you think it's funny or ridiculous or uncomfortable, just push yourself, push yourself to do it. And
0: that's what I did. So because I wanted my kids to not be uncomfortable. Yes. And in fact, when um my kids are so comfortable talking about stuff now that I realized because I started young with- like anatomically proper Mm -hmm. names. And by the way, a lot of parents, you know, call everything the vagina. And there are a lot of parents who feel strongly that you should differentiate between the The vulva, the Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So, you know, and it depends. Not every kid is ready to understand the details of the anatomy. Yes. Um, but I think starting early gave me the ability to kind of ease in with a progression of how I talk to them about things like sex. Or now that my daughter's almost 11 yeah. and we're following politics, we've had to talk about what it means when a candidate talks about sexual abuse on campus mm-hmm. or what rape is. We're and talking these are about abortion really t- and that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, it's really tough. But you know what? I don't think they're too young to understand what this is when they're 11 or 12. And it makes it so much easier for you as a parent if you've kept the channels of communication, not just about sexuality, but about. Everything open from an early age. Well, I think. What do look, you think?
1: I I actually think that. It is specific to sexuality. I think it's uncomfortable topics. Mm-hmm. Like when your kids know that you that their parents are completely comfortable and open about talking about the tough topics, I think that they are going to be more apt to come to you because they're going to be like, well, mom didn't laugh at me or dad didn't laugh at me. They were they gave me straight answers. Mm-hmm. They didn't beat around the bush. Oh, bush joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it always comes back to that. When it you, does. It? But you know, I, I feel like, yes, when kids see, it's not just the silly little things that you're talking about. You are ready and available to talk about the tough
0: stuff. It's going to pay off when they are in puberty. Let me give you an example. I recently chaperoned a class trip to the American Museum of Natural History I'm so in New York. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was well, it was mostly chaperoning a class trip to the subway because we spent more time <laughs> like on the subway nightmare. than in the museum. All right, so what but, happened? But there was one little girl who I really like. Who's uh, I guess she's eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's eight. And, and uh, we were looking at the Native American exhibits for their uh. Native American project. And she looked at this beautiful little uh, ancient wood carving of a naked figure of a woman. And um, it was a doll. And the girl goes, oh, that's disgusting. Look, she's naked. Oh, yeah. And the words she used were disgusting and naked. Mm -hmm. And I was so surprised. Okay, this is like a little girl growing up in Brooklyn where you think that we all can say vagina, right? (laughs) And, uh, you know, know, who knows what goes on in our house? I don't know. But I said to her, well, I don't think it's disgusting. I think it's beautiful. That's what a body looks like. And we all have them under our clothes. And she just kind of blinked a lot. Like, I don't think she'd ever been told that at Mm -hmm, home. mm -hmm. And so that's not to judge what her parents are comfortable talking about. But um, it made me realize that maybe I take for granted the fact that my kids know what a naked body looks like. And even though they still giggle, they know that they can talk about it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, look, my whole philosophy about this is that I want my kids to hear about stuff from me before they hear about it from their silly little friends. Or thank goodness you're a well-informed parent. Because if it's like another parent who isn't so Mm well-informed, I don't want them to hear it from them. I want them to know everything that they need to know from me.
0: Oh, but look, I got to admit, my kids still hear stuff from their friends. Sure, school. Couple, I still remember my daughter coming avoid home avoid that. My you daughter coming that. home in second grade and saying, I heard that you can get pregnant from kissing a boy's penis. Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> you tell me the boy that said that so I could go over now and have a talk with his parents. Yeah. Anyway frightening second grade boy said that yes. right yeah yeah anyway so there's still stuff that your kids are gonna hear at school but I think at least she knew enough to go that doesn't sound right to me thank, and come thank home the lord in heaven oh my god well, and
1: look there are so many great books I have Peggy Orenstein's new girls and sex book on oh, my I phone. love everything Peggy Orenstein. I am a little afraid I'll be honest with you I'm a little afraid about that but I think as especially as, as parents of girls but guess what Parents of boys too. I think it's really important that we're on top of this stuff, that we're talking to our kids, that we're really open about it, because it makes a difference. And it do you, really does. Do
0: you talk to your son about things like vaginas and respecting I do. women and Absolutely. bodies? Absolutely, I do, because he has questions about his own junk. <laughs> <laughs> penis. Yes, he's
1: got (laughs) questions too. And look, he's one boy in a house of of girls.
0: Yeah. So I think it's really important. I think boys that are also comfortable discussing these things are going to grow up to be well-informed, respectful gentlemen Mm -hmm. who respect women in general and their bodies and their own issues and what they're going through. Yeah. And I think not talking to our kids Potentially does a societal disservice. It does. It, well, does a disservice for them and a societal
1: disservice. All right, so we've talked about the physical stuff, but let's talk a little bit about the emotional stuff, which is where, you know, for me, I'm not gonna, don't, don't. The door not, slamming stuff? Yeah, is that the we're talking door about? slamming stuff. The and eye rolling. You know, yeah, because Jeff Bogle, who we love, did a piece over at Life of Dad um, called Don't Call My Daughter a Moody Tween, which this I was think- was interesting, It was yeah. really fascinating. And again, we'll link all this stuff up over on coolmompics.com. But what did, what did Jeff had to say? I mean, I just I feel like as someone with a moody tween, isn't that sort of like an like, you know, that's like a given.
0: (laughs) Well, he's really good at looking at gender issues from a kind of progressive feminist Mm -hmm. dad perspective. Mm -hmm. And I loved his point in the article that. When we call a, a tween girl specifically moody. Yeah. It's kind of playing into these sexist stereotypes of the moody girl. But that who, what human being at yes. any age does not get moody. Yeah. I mean, look, that's been the hardest thing for me about having a tween.
1: And I don't, you know, I'm not sure what you, I know you mentioned that you've got a little bit of it going on, but I am We've having got some early eye rolling one Oh one yeah, happening. Yeah, And you know what? I think. When you have older kids, the challenge for me has been that their emotions and feelings are theirs and there might not be anything I can do about it. and I need to let them have those feelings because my natural tendency is to be like what's wrong what can I do wait I want to say that again because
0: that's really important so as a parent allowing your kids Mm -hmm. to own their feelings and emotions and in fact
1: the moms that I talked to said the same thing like when they talk do not try to fix it do not try to tell them what they should have done just listen to them and let them have those feelings and I'll tell you what when they're sad when they're angry for me and I'm sure there are other listeners that is the hardest thing to see your especially your older children
0: yeah because like you know two-year-old toddler temper tantrum you be like here's a lollipop <laughs> you know how I learned that when say my youngest sage she's like she is a sage she's mm-hmm. like wise beyond her years and doesn't even know it <laughs> and when she was about five or six she was watching a movie something was scaring her and I said don't be scared you know which mm-hmm. is the kind of thing you'd say to comfort someone and she looked at me and said don't say don't be scared that's like saying don't be sage Oh, and I wow. thought it was so brilliant. Yeah. And in her own way, That's she was great. saying, but those are my feelings. Mm-hmm. And I went, wow, you're right. So what I can say is there will be a happy ending yeah. or things will work out. Or if you if you want to close your eyes, you can. But that I had to teach myself to say better things than don't be scared or don't be afraid or don't be upset. Yeah. Which I think we say a lot we as do. parents we to do. comfort our kids. And she made me so aware of that. I still do it, but I try really hard not to. So I thank you for reinforcing yeah, that because it's it's hard not to say like, oh, don't cry, yeah, you know, or yeah. oh, don't be sad. But, you know, really that's telling them it's not okay to be sad. Yeah.
1: Well, having a tween and a teen, I think is there's a lot about dealing with your own feelings, about being comfortable with your own, whatever it is, whether it's sadness, anger, hurt, happiness, whatever, mm-hmm. because, you know, then in a way you're vicariously living through those feelings of your children. And I think the ability to be able to separate that and say that their sadness is my sadness, but I am also not gonna be brought down by it and let them have those feelings. I think that I'm still learning it like that's been the challenge for me because it's just triggering to all the stuff that you felt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So I want to tell you what what these moms, these awesome moms, I spoke specifically to Lisa, who is our awesome director of sponsorships. She has two teenagers and a tween. And I spoke to Christina, who is our senior editor, Mm -hmm. and she's got two teens and a tween. Yeah. And they're amazing moms and, you know, I, their kids are fantastic. So one thing that I loved is that they suggested, and this is Lisa specifically, that when you kind of act helpless or you act like you need them to teach you something, it mm-hmm. can really open up the conversation.
0: Oh, so put your kids in charge. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So it's like whether it's reading a map or you're ordering in a restaurant or you're trying a new shade of lipstick, she suggested, like, give them,
0: like, ask for help from them. And so you're talking about as a way to open up channels Co- yep, of communication and, and, and keep the connections yes. going and make them feel mm-hmm. more comfortable talking with you in general. Yeah. So start by empowering
1: them. Yes. that Sounds. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. Another one that I've tried to do, and I know you guys love the Amazing Race, uh-huh. is that, and we do projects. Even though I will never be on it with you, yeah. we'll see about that. <laughs> um, is that just try to find a TV show? And you've talked a lot about this mm-hmm. about family watching, right? Yeah. And you that, you that you say that's like that's a big
0: thing that well, you guys do. Well, we distinguish do. between little screens and big screens. So I'll go, no screen time. We're watching TV. And they make fun (laughs) of me. (laughs) But I'm like, no little screen time. Because I think all of us sitting around together and watching The Amazing Race or Brain Games or Malcolm in the Middle, whatever it is 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 uh, a bonding experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it gives you the chance to talk about the lessons or the topics that you saw in the show that you I, you just don't get that experience when everybody's on their own little individual screens all over the house. I totally, look, That's that's been
1: a savior for us. In fact, we've gotten, you know, my daughter comes out of her room now and we all watch Amazing Race together. Mm-hmm. We all watch, watch Project Runway. And I bet you find this too, it gives you something to talk
0: about. You know what I mean? Like you're
1: talking about the show, you're talking about who's gonna win, who's gonna get it? off. It you what
0: to buy them for their birthday. Like, oh, they're really into total drama. I have to go on Amazon and find total drama t-shirts. Well, and
1: speaking of that, that's another tip that these moms talked about, and that's the one that I was trying, which was try to get interested in what they're interested yes.
0: in. And you know what? Actually, that's one of the cool things about having older kids mm-hmm. is you're not doing stuff for them as much as with them. Yeah. I mean, there were not that many of us that ever watched Caillou because we enjoyed it too. <laughs>
1: Let's just put that out there. The rare parent who was like, Caillou, this is awesome. (laughs) No. No. I'm so sorry. But you just made a playlist for your daughter, right? And that's one of the things. Like, they've got their music. Well, like... Get into it. And vice versa. Let let them make you a playlist. And hey, maybe you can make them a playlist of stuff you like. Well, we played
0: a kind of game in the car with my boyfriend and my two girls where we were like, okay, you guys have to listen to some new music. So we said, you name somebody you like or a song you like, and we're going to play DJ and pick a song we think you'll like. (laughs) So my daughter, my youngest daughter would say Taylor Swift. And we thought about it a little bit. And we played her like early Britney Spears, which she didn't know. And she's like, oh, I like this. Oh, that's a great game. My older daughter said, "Lords." And so I played her Tori Amos and she loved Tori Amos. So it's just kind of a cool way to, you know, acknowledge that they like what they like, but then open up their horizons and say, well, then this is something you might like too. As opposed to me just being like, you will listen to The Cure and you will like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which that doesn't work. (laughs) No, it never does. It's like an automatic. I'm gonna hate it. But guess what? I did get her into Susie and the Banshees, That's impressive. which I'm thrilled about. She yeah. likes female, powerful singers, so I Perfect. play like early Susie Sue, and she's digging it. Like, yay, my little goth daughter.
1: <laughs> and so, the last thing that I want to suggest that came from these moms and also my own experience is yeah. find something new to both of you to do together. And what we've been doing is we took a cue from LeVar Burton. Oh. Remember when he said that your kids need to see you read? Yeah, on our show. Yes. I have been reading books, Liz. Can with you them. believe it? I've been reading with my oldest. We are going through and I've been doing like YA series. So we did Divergent. We oh. read that together. Although she she was done all three and I was still halfway through the first one. But I did my best and then we watched the movie together. That's a great story. And experience. now we're doing Hunger Games and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to read them all and then we're going to watch the movie together. So together. it's like
0: having a book club with your kids.
1: It's having a book club. Yes. And I have to say, we have so much to talk about now. Mm-hmm. We, it, I didn't feel like we weren't talking before, but it was mostly like, how was school? What did you do today? It was never like, you could be stuff. like Katniss really yeah. kicked ass in that yes. last chapter, didn't yes. she? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I feel like starting a new activity mm-hmm. that's new to both of you is a really great idea.
0: I think that's a great idea. I mean, we actually, we did it with Just Dance, which wasn't awesome. entirely new to yeah. me. But my kids fell in love with Just Dance. Yeah. Of all the gifts they got over Christmas, that's the one that they use the most. And when I deign to get up, you're really good at dancing with my kids. I did not do this as much. <laughs> but when I deigned to get up and like totally embarrass myself doing a dance to like the Angry Birds song or whatever, yes. they love it so much. They're so happy that like we found this thing we can do together as a family. That's great. What are other things we can do together? Is it like trying new sports or? Yeah, I don't know. Do you do want you to start playing sports? I can't. Well,
1: you know. <laughs> tennis. I, your daughter likes tennis. Well, so maybe like that's my thing. stepfather
0: has snowshoes. And I kept thinking, oh, that would be a cool thing to try together. Because yeah. I think that's the kind of thing where like I would be terrible at it. Yeah. So they wouldn't feel like they were cashing up to me. They'd probably be better than me, actually. That's a, should give I mean, them I confidence. think
1: actually that's a really good point. I think you want to do something. I mean, you know, my daughter took violin and I'm a violinist. And That was just a bad idea. You know, it was really not something because I. That's interesting. And I never heard you talk about Also with ballet too. Honestly, I was a ballet dancer, and I think it was really hard. I think she always felt like she was trying to catch up to me. So one of the things that she really wants to do is learn Japanese. Wow. And I don't know Japanese. I know a little bit. So we're going to try to do that together. I can count to ten and order sushi. That's,
0: that's about a, as far as it goes. Is there anything more that you need? <laughs> no. So
1: that was the a one thing. And a Sapporo.
0: I can order a Sapporo. Yeah. See, well, we that's go. good. That's <laughs> valuable.
1: So yeah, I mean, I, like learning a language. I mean, you don't have. To to get a tutor. I mean, there are different ways that you could do that. Maybe you start like a movie club where you, st- you go back and see like all the, you know, independent movies from this
0: year. Or- you know, what's great for that is documentary series. Yes. So we've been yes. tearing through like Hulu, Amazon, mm-hmm. Netflix, and finding great documentaries that we think kids will like too, even if they're not specifically made for kids. Mm-hmm. And then we're learning stuff together. Yeah. So, um, you know, or even it can be something about um, politics or about an issue that you guys have always wanted to learn about. Like, we all watched Selma together a few weeks ago, and that gave us amazing openings to to learn stuff together and then do more research on the web together and kind of come together and talk about... I like what that. civil rights means. I think really why it was
1: so successful for us was that it was definitely something that she was interested in. Yeah. And so then, you know, because there's this whole like authority thing and I am almost an adult. So you know... you're not like sit down and read Hunger Games. Yeah. It was more yeah. like it came from her. Exactly. Like I knew she loved reading and mm-hmm. I knew that she hadn't read those books and she had been thinking about it and she was like, eh, I don't know. And I'm like, let's just do
0: it. Let's just see how they are. And she's like, oh my God, it's so awesome. That's great. Yeah. So basically some of the things you can do with your kids mm-hmm. are... Reading with them? Yes. Having family entertainment night together. Yeah. Finding a new subject to learn or explore yeah, a together. Yeah, new Absolutely. Try a new sport together. Yeah. I mean, look, if they like cooking, take a cooking class together. If yeah. they like baking, take a baking class together.
1: You know, it does take time, but I think these are the things you're going to need as your kids get
0: older and they start, you know, leaving the nest. So it gives you more bonding points mm-hmm. and points of connection so that it gives you more opportunity to have those discussions about things like yes. sexuality, which is more difficult to talk about probably than the hunger game. Yeah. And, and you know what?
1: When we show that we're interested in our kids and that we are not trying to change them, trying to fix them, trying to make everything better, we really want to get to know them as a person. I think that they really respond to that. Yeah. And, and I think that that is going to go far in terms of having a relationship during the really challenging years and into when they, you know, become an adult. I
0: think that's great advice. And I'm so glad for our community of mom friends yes. who provided all this great advice. Yeah. So we'll put this all up on our podcast page, but if you you are parents of
1: teens or tweens, or you have questions for us, you've got littler kids and you want to know how to address challenging issues with your kids, please email us. We'd love to hear from you. We answer every single email. We do, right? We do. And if we've (laughs) forgotten
0: one, that would be totally my fault. And then just send it to us again, and then we'll answer it the second time. Yeah, you
1: can catch us at spawned at coolmompicks.com. Twitter, we're at coolmompicks with a hashtag spawn show. And then, you know what? A lot of people have been messaging us on Facebook. So head over there if you feel, if you're on Facebook like us, which is all the time.
0: And then we can have like a big public discussion about whatever's on your mind. (laughs) That's always kind of fun, too. Perfect. So now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. All right, Liz, what you got? You want me to start? Yes, okay. I do. So our amazing food editor, Stacey Billis, did a really great post on Cool Mom Eats recently. Now that the weather's getting a little warmer. Finally. Moving away from the red wine <laughs> and the toasty drinks. And it's all about skinny cocktail recipes for warm weather sipping. You know, skinny cocktails, I
1: don't know if I've actually had one. Like, my version of a skinny cocktail is like vanilla vodka and ice.
0: There is no <laughs> skinniness in that. Really? <laughs> i don't not. Know. Well, maybe there
1: is. Maybe well, tell me, is. what is a skinny cocktail, though? So basically,
0: it's a way to kind of cut calories without doing the white wine spritzer thing, Okay, right? <laughs> all right, which is, I guess, and, loaded. Gin so, and tonic, not anyway, good. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'll link it up on our site. Okay. But if you go to coolmomeats.com and look up skinny cocktails, there's some really cool recipes, and it's sorted by liquor. Oh. So if you happen to be a vodka fan, <laughs> you can find this amazing tangerine spritz recipe that she found from Coco and Kelly that looks delicious. Mm. And I'm not, like, one of those skinny margaritas— like, I want the flavor or I'd rather not drink yeah, alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And these all look really good to me. And then if you're a rum drinker, rum is oh, so many calories. <laughs> I love, she found a skinny hurricane cocktail recipe really at a blog called With Salt and Wit. It oh, looks funny. amazing. Okay. And hey, you know, a little New Orleans in a glass. I think maybe we need to,
1: to make them and then
0: do a Spawned show. Oh, a Spawned After Dark? Yeah. After Skinny Cocktails? Yes. Yeah, and you know what? We'll make skinny hurricanes, and that will save more calories for skinny beignets, <laughs> oh,
1: or not skinny beignets—actual <laughs> beignets. I like the way you think, Liz.
0: Thank you very much. So, anyway, that's my cool pick of the week—is this great list of skinny cocktail recipes for summer on Cool Mom Eats. Now, what's your cool? Pop- All right, pick so week? I went a little feamy with the topic today, oh, okay. and
1: I have a fantastic book.
0: Wait, but, is this for tweens? This is for tweens and teens. Okay, I wanna just be really clear that my pick was not for tweens and teens. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going theme, I just need L- to clarify Listeners, I don't want to get angry. We louder. know that
1: you didn't You didn't think that, listeners. Okay. (laughs) It's okay, Liz. You're good. All right. So it's a book and it's called How to Talk to a Teen So They'll Listen and How to Listen So Your Teen Will Talk. It's by Adele Faber and Elaine Maslish. And these ladies have written the original book that's a New York Times bestseller. It was like 20 years ago. It's How to Talk to Kids So They'll Listen. Oh, yeah.
0: I remember this. It is
1: a fantastic book. If If you do not have teens and tweens, but you have children, you need this. book. But if you do have teens and tweens, get their second version, which is directed just for older kids. Wow. It is a resource. You'll whip right right through it. You can open it up and just look up stuff very quickly. You don't, it's not necessarily like a page turner per se. And I have to say it's been a lifesaver for me because I feel so in the dark about stuff. It's so great to refer to. That's
0: great. Are they psychologists or do they, like what's their background?
1: Yeah. You know what? I think they're psychologists. I'll have to double check on them, but they, their first book I mean, millions of copies, millions and millions. Yeah,
0: I bet a lot of our listeners already know that. First yeah, book, but I'm so happy to hear they have one specific. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't know either until yes. just now when you told me. I am here to inform. Kristen, I find my coolest picture from you <laughs> sitting in the podcast booth. for Respond. I love
1: that. Well, I just have to say one thing is that the book was written a while ago, so if you do go through it, some of the situations like have they they have these little cartoon drawings. Uh huh. They're a little old fashioned, so you know you kind of have to get by that. But overall the concepts the advice the way that they talk to parents and the way that they talk about kids is fabulous please you guys so ignore the illustrations
0: of moms in yeah. like high-rise jeans and <laughs> exactly. bad elaine bobs yes exactly exactly <laughs> other than that fantastic book Thank you. That's a great pick. I'm, I'm actually going to go pick that up. I'm excited about that.
1: Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Spawned. Thank you, our listeners, and a huge thanks to our producer, John Bowen. And make sure that you subscribe to iTunes or Stitcher and download that episode. You know, we say this every week, Liz, but actually a lot of people don't know how to subscribe. Did you know that? Uh, No, I did not know that. (laughs) So, if you have an iPhone, did you guys know that there's actually a podcast app right on there? It's purple. Yeah. Kind of like the Spawn logo. (laughs) And you just. It comes with your iPhone. Yes. You just got to click on it, search for Spawn, and then subscribe. And then what happens is all our episodes will pop up right there every
0: week, or, you know, hopefully every week now with that. (laughs) to let you know that our episode is live. Yeah, and if you download it, the great thing is then you can listen to it even when you don't have a Wi-Fi signal. Great for me on Subway Commutes. Perfect. So everybody, thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. This is Liz. Have a great day. Bye.